You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, the voices behind the headlines. Thanks for joining us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. As high school athletics have expanded beyond the high school, the process has gotten more complex and more competitive. Sports entrepreneurs like my guest, Jeremy Rosati, have created elite club teams like his prolific prep that has high school kids playing at a much higher level. But like any other kind of disruption, some people, particularly high school coaches, have not been happy with the change. Who are these club teams, and most importantly, what are they accomplishing for the kids that participate? That's the central question we're going to talk about with my guest, Jeremy Rosati of Prolific Prep. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. First of all, talk about what these elite club prep teams are in a general sense before we talk about yours. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, there started popping up more specialized uh, programs. Uh, at the high school level. Uh, why they came about, um, you know, I'd have to ask them their conclusions. But I think uh, once AAU travel basketball started getting bigger, I think a lot of the families started realizing that the development of their children when they were around higher level players uh, would allow the development to happen at higher rates. So I'm assuming that's probably the main reason of why they started popping up. And uh, and uh, now that they've been around for 10 or so years, now there's a, there's a large amount of teams throughout the country, uh, mm-hmm. large events, um, and as you can see on TV and, and stuff like that. So it's really growing. The model's really aiming more towards a European model, like a club team. Talk about that, because the, the European model, even within the high school arena, is more akin to what you're doing, where the the high school experience and the athletic experience are really coming from two different places. Yeah, um, in, in Europe and the other and countries outside the United States, um, sports and education are completely separate. Um, they're not intertwined. Uh, sports are more for the the elite athlete. Um, it's more specialty driven. Um, the kids get out of school. They then travel to whatever sport they want to specialize in. And it's more, uh, you know, for the, the more higher advance. Um, there's not a lot of recreation sports uh, in, in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's completely different than here in the United States. So, um, you know, when a kid goes to school over there, the bell rings, their gym teacher is not their their basketball coach, their basketball coaches from a federation that's usually from a professional right. team or a cadet team, um, someone who's really specialized in that discipline. So um, that's the biggest difference. And so the, here in the United States, uh, you're seeing that trend uh, with the prep teams is going in that route. And what is the competitive advantage for the kids playing at a much higher level? Is it to prepare them for playing at the, at the college level? Is it simply for the sport itself? Talk a little bit about that. Well, there's many different ways to prepare yourself for college. So I'm not going to downgrade what is current in the United States because that's what I went through. So I'm not I, – I don't think there's something wrong with it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with our model as well. It's just another – avenue for a student um in our situation uh we're not governed by any uh boards or we're not governed by any federations uh we can do what we want to do and not that we careless or anything like that but we can train anytime we want we can play whoever we want we don't have those restrictions on recruiting so we can put together a group of kids from around the world whereas a local california team could never do that and so when you put kids around kids that are like them, um, 
at the same level, the same motivation, usually growth will occur at a higher level. Just like in a gate program when they put mm-hmm. all the gated kids together, those kids are going to learn at a higher rate than if they would in a traditional classroom. So it's very similar to that. Uh, and you put them together, uh, you're going to see a lot more growth and a lot more focus in that area. You liken it to uh, AP basketball. I yeah, think. yeah, that's what it is. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's all it is. It's just uh, AP basketball after school and – and, um, you know, we're able to probably train at a higher level than most high schools mm-hmm. uh, with our staff and, and so forth. You mentioned the traditional system that, that you came out of. Is there a danger in this that it takes the sort of the cream of the crop out of the high school system? And, and is that something that anybody should be concerned about? Well, if you look at the amount of prep schools there are, it's very it's, it's not very many. So you're talking about taking away the top point zero 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 five percent of the 1%. Right. So it's not as, you know, prevalent as you can. Now this year our team we do have um, you know, uh, five or six local kids that are from California. Uh that's not our model. That's not going to be our model. We don't want to disrupt the local sections, the local mm-hmm. high schools. That's not our plan. Now on our first phase it was something that had to happen to get us off the ground, but in the future that will not be part of our model. And so it'll, the percentages will keep going lower and lower and lower as we're recruiting all around the world. Right. And is there a cost for the kids, the students that are playing in, in these leagues? Yeah, there is. Um, most prep schools um, outside of ours, um, some have huge costs. If you look at IMG, which is out of Florida – um, I mean, for boarding and everything, it can go as high as 65000 a year. Now, we're nowhere near that. Um, we have – we're sponsored. We have sponsors. My company sponsors a large amount for our players. Uh, and then we have small amount of fees that are a fraction of what IMG charges uh, to pay for our travel and the food and so forth like mm-hmm. that. So um, – as every year that we build, our goal is to become a full sponsored program um, so that we can recruit, like I'm saying, all around the world, bring in students from all over so we don't, we won't have to bring in a local player that may not fit our model um, mm-hmm. and may not, may not work for them as well. So, What is the perfect fit? What is the perfect fit for the model that you've set up in terms of a player? Um, our goal is I have a company called uh, Green Room Training is where I develop professional athletes. So that's my job in the summer. And so Prolific Prep has started because of that. Every summer I would get the number one, number two high school player in the country from all over the world coming here and training. And so their families wanted me to create an atmosphere where their kids didn't have to go to other prep schools. They could actually stay with me. So the model would be is to find extremely high-motivated athletes like I've been getting in the summer in the past, Mm -hmm. that would want to stay to go to school, a high-functioning academic student as well, that we could mentor at the highest level. So does that mean we would have uh, five potential NBA stars? That would be wonderful. That That would be great. Now, that's not realistic. Maybe we'll have one or two. And then we want to filter in with kids that are from around the world internationally, that we can give opportunities to since my whole career, I've been doing that, giving opportunities to kids um, that would fit the same role, academic and sport. Um, And if they're from California, great. Uh, We're, we're not actively pursuing kids in California. Mm -hmm. Um, Our connections are taking us more throughout the world or in pockets of different regions uh, because of relationships. Right. And you practice 
and, and are based here in Napa at uh, Grace Church we were talking about before. How did that come about, and how did you wind up here in Napa specifically? Well, we, we started out here in Napa. Uh, one of our top recruits came out here on a visit, and there was an international boarding school starting out here at Justin Siena, and uh, they fell in love with it. They fell in love with the school. They fell in love with the campus. Um, and so it made sense for us to use that as home base. Um, and so everything else just kind of trickulated in and worked out. Um, we were able to, uh, solidify, um, our connections in the Napa community through our relationships, uh, like Grace Church. And really none of this would be even remotely possible without the community support, the host families, Grace Church, the Fernandez family, um, and uh, there wouldn't be a prolific prep, so everything just kind of snow just kind of worked, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we were we were praying it would work, and it and it just did. So we were very lucky and very blessed. And what is the season? When do you play? How many games do you play? And and where? Yeah, we play um, right now. We're at twenty eight games. Uh, I think we have nine more to go. So we'll have thirty seven games this year. That'll be a total, which is you know you look at most of the. CIF teams and the ones that make it to the end, they play about 37. So it's very similar. Uh, we start a lot earlier, so we're able to start a lot earlier with our training, our games. Um, we play, uh, as most publications state, we are we probably have the number one high school schedule in the country, Tough and, and, and the toughness of schedule. Uh, we've played eight of the top 15 teams in the country. Uh, we travel to Kentucky multiple times. We've been there three times now. We'll be there. Um, to some of the biggest tournaments in the United States, Ohio, flying to the hoop, which is ranked number two. We had 7,000 people at our game at that one. Um, so the the tournaments we're going to in, in, in West Virginia and Las Vegas, the Tarkanian Classic, they're the best tournaments where only the best teams get invited. So that's primarily our schedule. And then we fill it in with a lot of West Coast schools. And then we play, uh, not high school teams, we play fifth-year prep post-grad schools, hmm. which is basically like a junior college team. Um, so we have at least eight to ten games against fifth-year post-grad teams, which is great because those kids have all graduated high school and they're taking one more post-grad year. They probably take some JC classes. And they don't start their clock in the mm-hmm. NCAA. Um, but it gives them another year to mature. And it gives us uh, great competition because those kids are, are really good. And they're much more mature. So, What are you seeing around the country, I guess around the world right now, in terms of the quality of players that are out there and in terms of, of the opportunities that you have for recruitment? Well, there's a lot of talent around the world. Um, we are recruiting kids from all over, from Africa to Europe. And the kids we're recruiting are so highly talented. Um, our kids in the United States are extremely talented. Um, there is a lot of good basketball players right now around the world. And so I, I see basketball right now as being extremely strong. Um, I think the teams we're playing, each team will probably have between 8 to 10 Division One prospects on each roster. So every team is full of talent. Uh, most teams will have one to three NBA future potential players on the team that we're playing. Um, and so basketball is looking pretty strong to me. Um, now I can't comment on the local, you know, Bay Area, Southern California. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have time to go to games, so I, I don't know. Uh, I can only comment on what I see. And every weekend we travel, um, it's the who's who, and it's it's pretty amazing to see the talent level. 
Is one of the benchmarks for these club teams, these prep teams like Prolific Prep, how many players wind up in, in Division One teams? Well, I think that's important. Um, our goal is always that every single one of our players gets a scholarship to play at any level um, so that they can pursue a full education for free. That's our goal. Um, it should happen. If everything works out the way it should, it should naturally happen that way with the training and the mentorship and, and you know, put us pushing our kids in the classroom. We're very lucky to have such high academic kids on our team. Um, is it the goal? It's absolutely the goal. I don't know about other teams. Uh, I think, you know, for us, we have tutors. We spend a lot of time with our kids academically. Um, some of our kids come from really poor areas. Um, and so the only way they could really make it is with tutors. Um, so it's worked out really well for us. And uh, we're really, really happy with our kids, especially our non-English speaking kids and how they're fluent in like four months. They're getting on the honor roll. It's 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 been great. We're really happy with our program. And are there kids on the team right now from some of the local schools, from Justin Siena or any other local uh, schools here? Yeah, we have uh, one student who's locally, uh, Sasha French, who plays for us. Um, he went to Justin Siena last year. So he's the only local Napa area kid. Mm -hmm. How did you get involved in this? Uh, well, you know, I, like I said, I was in the green room training program, training athletes, and there was people in the Napa community that would just kind of ask to come by and watch and develop friendships with them, and they would bring their kids to either sign autographs to some of these players or just watch, and and um, they would get to know these parents and families, and, and the same sediment always came. I wish we could stay here full time. And so one of the fathers said, you know what, if I put something together, would you do it? The rest is history. Right. And you've been doing, this is the first year that, that you've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. We took a big chance. It wasn't something that we, you know, magically just wanted to do. It just kind of fell on us. And me and my head coach and, and business partner, Philippe Doherty, said, you know, we're we're crazy enough to do it. We've always kind of pioneered new programs around Northern California. And um, we thought, uh, you know what, let's try this. Let's see what we do now. Looking back, if if I knew what I knew now of how much work it would be, <laughs> uh, I would never even attempt to do this. Um, but I'm happy I have. There's a lot of really good opportunities that have come up. Um, I don't know if we'll take them. Uh, I don't know how long this program will last. Um, we're just rolling with the flow, having a great time, and uh, it'll take us where it's going to take us, I guess. As you look around the country, where are the model programs? If if you looked at a program and said, you know, I'd like to be like that in five years if we stay with this, who would that be? Where would that be? Uh, I, well, I mean, there's a lot of good programs, but I don't want to be like them. Our goal, we want to be completely different. That's who we are. Um, we're extremely high training-based program where we focus on training. Now, I'll be honest with you, the first year, it's just me and Phil. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't been able to implement a lot of the training stuff that we want to because we're spending so much time <laughs> scheduling and recruiting and, you know, dealing with this and this and this. So our first year this year has been more of survival and making sure everything is, is successful, which it has been. So we haven't even really implemented what I want to be known for. Um, we've added already now uh, two new staff members. We're going to add a third. So many people want to be a part of this now. Next year, we're, we're going to really, really be ready to implement 
a lot of the the stuff that I think will will separate us, like having a sports psychologist on staff, which we do, we just hired, um, having the best body conditioning trainers, you know, uh, just the little things, the little things that make us, you know, the scouting services, the sports tech that we got donated to our program, which is advanced scouting. We really want to mirror a top Division One program while in high school, while not suffering their academics as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you recruit? How do you find out about these players all around the world? Well, you know, we're blessed. Coach Doherty, uh, Coach Division One in college, he played at a high level. He played at University of Santa Clara with Steve Nash when they made that run. And and uh, I've invented um, some products that are being sold in federations around the world. So I've developed a lot of connections. Um, I speak at a lot of conferences. Um, I consult for you know, some, I've consulted in the past for NBA teams, for college teams, so I've met a lot of scouts in my time. And once people found out that I was crazy enough to do this, <laughs> the phone would start ringing. Oh, hey, Jeremy, I didn't, you know, you're in the game. You know, I got this guy, I got this guy, I got this guy. So it, it, a lot of people on year one, though, um, just kind of want to see how we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told many times you would never pull this off. And, and, I, I understand why it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. And uh, now that we've made it, though, now all of those connections now, I mean, we have probably 150 kids next year that want to be a part of this, and all 150 of them are high-level Division One players. How many can you accommodate? We can only take 12 to, 12 to 14, so we're debating right now how we want to handle 12 to 14 with mm-hmm. travel. and So that's where we're at right now, and um, – we we are solidifying our roster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our kids recruiting though are so high profile that they can't comment. Just like last year when Josh couldn't, because he's still in season. So a lot of stuff is behind the scenes. Um, some of these kids in different countries have to decide if they're going to sign six figure pro deals or go to the United States to pursue education in basketball. So we are also um, very, very fortunate to have a few of those kids. So we'll recruit a different a different athlete next year. Mm-hmm. Um, will we get them? I have no idea. So right. I'm confident, but we'll see. And is it the desire for a lot of the players to, to become professionals? Yeah. Um, obviously, all of our kids want to this year. Um, you know, if you ask all of them, I would say no, they all don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Some are going to be, uh, you know, on Wall Street. Some are going to be engineers. I mean, we got some really highly functioning, intelligent kids this year. Uh, they're all going to play college basketball. I, I know that. So I know mm-hmm. they're all going to go pursue that. Um, so this year's team's different, though. Uh, it's great. Unbelievable kids. Uh, whereas as we grow, we're probably going to have more potential NBA um, high-level professional athletes throughout the whole program. Now, you can't have a whole program that way because then you'll have kids that are jealous. And <laughs> So we're always going to try to build a model, which we're working on now, of incorporating high Division One Ivy League-type kids. That's our goal with mm-hmm. these kids that, yeah, are going to play in the NBA. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. You know, They're going to be playing professional basketball for the rest of their career. And if that doesn't happen, that's okay because they're still getting an unbelievable education anyways. What's been the biggest surprise for you in doing this other than the amount of work that's involved? Um, wow. It's, uh, it, I could write a book. Um, I could write a book about the basketball world. Um, the basketball world is not what it's all cooped up to be. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's high drama, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of work. Um, 
we we've learned a lot. Let's just say that um, it's and all we do is we try to make sure we stay who we are, and that's just been our philosophy. Me and Coach Phil, and and um, I now see why people could change because there's a lot of ways you could change as a person, and we don't want to be known as that program. So um, the work, though, the workload, uh, because it is only two of us at this point has been extremely high. Um, but just getting on the road with the kids, though, that's the easy part. The, the games, that's easy. The practice, so easy. It's just the the little nuts and bolts, the media, I mean, you name it, just getting to the point, the recruitment, the college coaches, the shoe companies, sponsors. It's just uh, it's a full-time job. We talked about high schools earlier on. Is Do you also have to deal with pushback? Is there resentment? Are there problems in that regard that you have to deal with, or has that pretty no. much been, been dealt with? No, no. We never had um, – We've never had one coach uh, pushback call. Um, the coaches that for the local kids have been phenomenal. Um, respect them, and I think they respect us. The good thing is we've had such a, a strong presence in California as with our training business. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope it was hard for people to say, oh, that's a bad move because of our reputation as, as training. And, 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 you know, Philippe Doherty's reputation as a mentor coach, he's put – I don't know, over 100 kids in Division One over his 12 years of AAU. He has four guys in the NFL, two NBA players. So it's not like his credibility is can be smashed because it's hard to say something bad about someone who's done so much for kids for free. For And he's still he's not getting paid here for a living <laughs> prep either. So it's hard It's hard to bash someone. Now, does that mean that we, we don't get um, negative press or negative pushback on message boards where people can hide? No, we do. And – does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. You know, we don't no one likes to be, you know, people say things about, but usually the the public is just misinformed. Um they don't know who we are, or they don't know the full story. They don't know how this model is really how it is overseas and how it's really um starting to grow here in the United States and who knows. And that and finally, do you think that it will continue to grow that we'll start to accept this model here as it is in Europe and begin to understand it better the public? I don't know. I'm on the fence on that because financially, um, very difficult to keep this model <laughs> financially. And I don't know how many in each area could sustain it um, because you would need high corporate sponsors mm-hmm. uh, to keep this model going. Um, you know, we're very blessed right now. Um, and uh, but that that's the challenge. So um, that would be the number one factor. However, if it wasn't for financials, then absolutely, I think it'll take over high school basketball. I really do. Um, if money wasn't a factor, I think you'll find a lot more of these pockets in different communities, just like you see in AAU. Mm-hmm. You know, each city, Oakland's going to have one or two really good travel programs. The East Bay is going to have one, and San Francisco is going to have one. Uh, I could see that happening definitely, um, yeah, especially if 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 it gets more specialized with USA basketball spearheading that. Um, but I think it would have to come from the NBA or USA basketball, just like they do in Europe and their countries. And they make sure there's pocket communities with pro cadet teams, they call them. Um, that could happen. And basketball, uh, to be honest with you, would grow immensely in the United States. It would grow immensely. These kids would be so much better if it was that way. Jeremy Rosati, Prolific Prep. I thank you so much for coming in and sharing this with us. Not a problem. Thanks Appreciate for having it. Us. Thank you. NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.